your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, as I mentioned a couple of times already on the show this morning, uh, there is a, a big event, a, a leadership conference uh, talking about women in leadership roles uh, this uh, week and more women entering local politics for example but despite women making up over 50% of the population locally just 22.5% of our public representatives are female and indeed in many other areas of life um, it is not that unusual for men to continue to be in the majority, even in female-dominated professions. And a Women's Caucus event is happening in Limerick City Hall on Wednesday to encourage more women to get involved in local politics, but also uh, to talk about women in leadership roles across uh, a variety of fields. And speakers on the day include former Ireland rugby and soccer player Jackie McCarthy, who's in the studio with me now, along with her daughter Sam McCarthy, a sportswoman of note as well, and you're both very very welcome. Good morning uh, to you. And uh, I think we'll be chatting in a few minutes to Fine Gael Councillor Sarah Kiley on the line um, as well, who's involved in the conference. Uh, first of all, thank you both for coming in to us. Great to have you here this morning. And uh, Jackie, I mean, you were one of the speakers at the Women's Caucus event on Wednesday. What will you be focusing on? Well, I suppose for me, I will be focusing on women in all aspects of life. Um, you know, Sam and I both run our own painting and decorating business, which would be unusual for women to be involved in, in something like that. But we come from a background as lots of Limerick women. I always grew up in an era where the mother was the matriarch. The mother done the paint and the decorating and dad went out to work. So I suppose from that point of view, I'm very, very lucky. I was always encouraged that I could play a sport, be it soccer or rugby, um, by a strong, independent mother. But I found later on in life that mums were tending to, oh, don't go out. My little girl isn't playing rugby. She's not playing sport. Uh, she wouldn't be doing a physical job like that. And you know what? Um, mothers are our leaders, you know, they, we carry babies for nine months. We, we grow them for the next 18 to 21 years. So the influence of women on women is, is very important. So I suppose my message would be that no matter what your gender, you can go out and you can achieve and succeed, whether it be in politics, in sport or whatever. That would be the thing. And as a mother myself, I always encourage my children to do whatever it was that they wanted to do. There is no boundaries or barriers, I believe. You know, and I think you go back to the women of Gary Owen, we're all very strong, proud, independent women. We've got like the likes of Jan O'Sullivan, uh, uh, Olivia O'Sullivan in, in, in politics, very strong, independent women. We need more mm. because I think the more visibility we have for women then we've got the representation when we want to go forward and be painters and decorators, builders, bus drivers, whatever it is we want, you right. know. And Sam, I mean, did you find that Jackie was always very encouraging of whatever you wanted oh, to I, do? I suppose, yes. Um, as ma'am has said, for me, I suppose it was a given. I didn't know anything else. I was encouraged from a very young age. I was born with a football at my feet and... I, 
for me, I didn't actually think of anything else. It was just the lifestyle that I grew up in. So I was, I would have been very confident in my sport. I wouldn't have seen a differential because it was, my background was so much encouraging in the regard that you can go out and literally do what whatever it is you want to do, regardless of your race, regardless of your sex, your age. It, it didn't make a difference to me. I would have been a different era, obviously, than ma'am, and it would have been harder for her in her era. For me, it was a bit easier, again, growing up in that strong, independent family that could and was encouraged to go out and do what they wanted. Yeah. And Jackie, talk to me about your background, you know, where you were born, being in Limerick, your sport. So, um, my mom's out and out Limerick woman, like a lot of people back in the late 50s, 60s, her family immigrated to Birmingham. So mom followed her sisters over there, um, became pregnant with me back in 1961. Hard time for her to have an illegitimate black child, you know. So um, she decided to come back to Limerick. Um, she wrote her dad who was still in Limerick at the time, a letter saying, I'm returning with my baby. If you're there to meet me at the station, great. Back then it was the boat and the train. Thankfully he was there. Um, we, I came to live in Limerick then, but unfortunately a couple of months later, back in them days, the powers that be um, came knocking at the door and took her baby from her. And I was putting the Mount Industrial School for five and a half years. Really? So, yeah, it was, look, I wasn't the only one. I'm one of the lucky ones. I got out after five and a half years. Mom met and married a wonderful man, Mickey O'Brien, who was very encouraging of me. And they fought for a year and a half after they got married to get me out of the mount. They succeeded and I went to live in Killeely, which was, as I said, I'm one of the lucky ones. Lots of children back then would have been taken from their parents if the mom had died or the dad back in them days and would have spent 18 years there. Yeah. You know, so... And and Jackie, you're quoted as saying there were four black people living in Limerick then and you got stared at. Yeah, I mean, look, I've stated, somebody said it was really funny. Kids used to come up and try to lick you. They thought you were made of chocolate. That shows you that the ignorance that was there, and I mean this in the ignorance that you didn't see black people. You didn't know whether a different people say a different race. There's only one race, the human race. But kids would be like amazed. What is this? What this person is completely different color. You grew up in that. The four black people that were here, we were all in the same boat. We were all illegitimate. We were looked down on. You, As I said before, I spend more time looking at the ground than I did looking up. But that was the society and it was true ignorance. You know, it wasn't racism that we know today. Jackie, how did you navigate your way through that then? I suppose for me, dad was amazing. And like he saw that I was going to be in trouble. I really was going to be in trouble. You were always frowned upon. You were the joke. Look, Joe, I'm not going to lie. I joined in in the jokes to fit in. I joined in. I made up most of some of the jokes, you know, but... Dad recognised that I had an ability as an athlete, whether it be handball, soccer, whatever. And he encouraged it. And, you know, I will say, and I'll sit here and I'll say it over and over again. I would have been one of the statistics off of the bridge in Limerick if I didn't go into sport. Because it was lonely. 
you didn't have anybody to talk to about your ethnicity, the differences. I mean, I grew up listening to Bob Marley was my Bible, Phil Linnett. I mean, I could look at Paul McGrath and say, I can identify with Paul. He was one of my heroes. But then I had nobody to talk to outside of that, of what it was like being the black person growing up in Limerick. I made lots of friends and Limerick, in fairness, has looked after me. I'm known as our Jackie, you know. I walk down the streets into the milk market with a pride and Limerick has a pride in me. But what my friends and family didn't know was how lonely I was as a black child in Limerick. Right. You know? Yeah. We're chatting to Jackie McCarthy and uh, our daughter Sam as well. And you're a generation on Sam. Yes. So what was your experience like? I suppose my experience would have been a bit different from um, I grew up in... I grew up with a more white feeling, so to speak. I know that probably doesn't sound right. All my friends were white. We didn't have as much of the stairs, the out of place. But what we did have was, and people thought they were being friendly saying it. And for me, it's it actually grigs me when somebody does say it. Oh, we don't look at you as being black. I grew up black. My mum is very much so black. Why not see my colour? Um, sometimes it can be a bit insulting for some, oh well you're one of us you're, we don't look at you as being different, so my way of explaining it is when I fill out a form I don't take white Caucasian I take other and that's the way I would have been brought up. As a matter of interest does it annoy you slightly that you have to take other, that it's not more specific for you? I don't think it should be there to be honest I mean it's like the whole religion question does it make a difference when you're being admitted into hospital, what religion you are in in regards here in Ireland I mean it's it's a formality, it's a given that you're you're Catholic and you have to take that box Catholic, you know. Do you remember your mum's sporting career? Oh yeah, I mean we grew up and we spent we had we had a great childhood uh, thanks to sports. I mean mm. we spent our weekends in Dublin with the Irish team or we were in a clubhouse playing soccer, um, and we that was all of us, my brother and my sister, um, and a lot of my sporting background would have came from my dad as well and the encouragement of my granddad Mickey O'Brien. Mm. Um, but yeah, we had a great childhood due to sport. And Sam, do you think that, you know, being a generation on from your mum, that Limerick has changed around you as well, that it has become more diverse? Oh, definitely. I mean, it has. Now, don't get me wrong. It is still there. And for me, Joe, I do think it's always going to be there. Different is always looked upon as being different. And unfortunately, you, you just can't get away from that. But like I said, for me growing up, it, it was completely different from, um, not to say it wasn't still there, but it was a bit easier. I mean, we weren't the first. And, and Jackie, I mean, from your perspective, um, obviously, you uh, just the reality of life was you had to stand up for yourself. Mm. Were you very conscious of being protective of your children? Yeah, I, I suppose <laughs> I'm coming up on 62 this year and I look back and I look back with some regret. Um, I remember my dad saying to me one day, Jackie, look, you're going to get called names. I came in crying one day and he got a stick and put a nail in it. And he said, off you go, out you go. And he said, next person that calls you the N-word, give him a slap at the, the stick. And I'm like, Dad, I don't want to do that. And he said, exactly, Jackie. It can either make or break you. You'll go out and either fight all your life or you ignore them. Let your feet do the talking. And in a way, that's what I'd done. And I instilled a lot in my children not to go out and fight 
because of their colour. Now, having said that, a bit of my opinion has changed, not to go out and get the stick, but to call out racism. So what I mean by that, I suppose, after the death of George Floyd, we saw Black Lives Matter and all of that come to the fore. And the Limerick I grew up in was an ignorant Limerick. And I don't mean that insulting to Limerick. What I'm saying is we didn't have televisions. We didn't see black people. We didn't we didn't know. Even me, I didn't know. Right. But the Limerick I grew up on now with the influx of refugees or people seeking asylum or whatever, we've got television where black people are part and parcel of our lives. But if somebody's coming up and calling you the N word now, they know what they are doing. And as I said, my regret is to bring my children up to stay in the background and not speak up for themselves a little bit. I'm guilty of that just for a quiet life, for my children not to have to go out and fight. But now I have changed in that regard that every last one of us where we see racism and when, as Sam said, when somebody says, oh, Jackie, I don't see your colour. I say, I see yours and it's beautiful. Why can't you see mine? Before we wouldn't call that out. Mm. You know, we'd say, oh, thanks. I know what you mean. You need to call it out. And talk to me about the different feelings of pride. You know, you pulling on the Irish jersey and then your daughter doing it. Well, I mean, I had the honour of doing it 13 times in soccer and 13 in rugby. There isn't one of them that I didn't do a John Hayes and the eyes were going and the lip was quivering because it is such an honour to play for Ireland. But also it is my sense of identity as well, as in the people that are looking at me from the stand see me not as a black person, but as an Irish person. I am the proudest Irish person you're ever going to meet. If you caught me in the middle, there's a Ron Avian. You know, and but, you, but I, what really fascinates me about that is I can see that passion in you, mm. and I think listeners can hear it. And yet, you face such adversity as you've outlined in Ireland. How have you been able to reconcile that and still retain that pride of of nation and that pride in representing Ireland? Well, I think Joe, that comes from Limerick. You know, I really have to say that that sense of walking down the street and strangers going, Jackie, did you see the match yesterday? Oh, Jackie, I saw you in Shelburne Park when you were 11, 12, 13. And they helped bring your head up at the same time some of them were bringing you down. But I mean, if you don't have a sense of belonging, then you're gone. You're gone. And Limerick gave me that. Putting on an Irish jersey gave me that. There's... A handful of people that can turn around and say, I represented my country. I'm as Irish as the next person. We had a great athlete at the weekend representing Ireland. I've seen some of the comments that she's not from Ireland. She she was born in Dublin. She's Irish. So that sense of that vest that she was wearing and the jersey that I was lucky enough to get and wear gave me such a sense. <laughs> watching this one? Yeah. Watching her? Oh my God, I'm like every Irish mammy. I was kicking the ball for her. I was headering it. I mean, I cried. I cried because there is my daughter and hopefully she has that sense of Irishness as well and a sense of belonging right. because your colour can make you so lonely in Ireland. Um, and, and Sam, then f- for you, 
representing your country, what that felt like, what it feels like, and and, and how you reconcile in your head as Jackie tells her story of what it was like for you. So, like I said, um, with us growing up, with um, we would have spent a lot of time up in Dublin and Merrion Square watching her train, watching her play. And I knew from a very, very, very young age that's what I wanted to do. I wanted that pride. I said, one day I'm going to put on that green jersey and I'm going to put my hand on my chest and sing that national anthem and I'm going to experience what that feels like. And I did, and I was very lucky to do it at a very young age. For me, I did struggle a little bit with the underage in the regards that I was Jackie McCarthy's daughter and I was following in her footsteps. So for me, that was my hurdle to cross was to get over and say, right, I've got here on my own with my own two feet and I'm going to do a damn good job in it. And it's Sam McCarthy, not... Yeah. And I, I mean this with no disrespect, and myself and ma'am have spoke about this, but it always felt like, oh, there's Sam, Jackie's daughter, and I felt like I was standing on her shoulders or I had bigger boots to fill to to play that role. I think it's one um, of the hardest things it for really the is. children of outstanding uh, sports people especially. It yeah. must be one of the hardest parts. Oh, definitely. And look, as I said, I did struggle with it, and we had a good conversation about it, and ma'am would always say to me, Sam, you're ten times the soccer player that I ever was but I'm 10 times the or the rugby player you would have been. <laughs> and, and, and we were all right with that then. And it doesn't help that we look so much alike. Both of us are on TikTok and people oh. come on and call me Sam and call her Jackie. And I'm like, oh, I'll take it as a compliment, but she might take it as an insult. I do. And Jackie, did you prefer rugby to soccer to play? I think I started playing in, Tom, in, in Shelburne Park at 11. By the time I got to 13 or 33, I ended up with Paul McGrath and them. the knees went. And I, I think I was burned out. I have three children. After each of them, I was back two weeks later. I played for three months while I was pregnant. So it was like I never got a break. But I grew up in Killeely in the shadow of Tom and Park. You know, I was up there watching those matches. Like, I was a number nine centre forward and I was forever the referee. Jackie pulled the leg back, whatever. All of a sudden now I'm playing number eight for, for Shannon or for Old Crescent and they're telling me, great tackle, you know. So it was like a new lease of life, you know. Yeah. Uh, softer ground and the knees weren't giving me as much jip. So yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. I loved it. Did you experience racism growing up, Sam? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we did. And it was mean, it was harsh. Um, For me, I suppose, soccer was my outlet. And even in soccer, I, I, I experienced it there. I experienced it with the Irish team, with some of my teammates. Um, To say it wasn't alive, it, it was. And people were envious of the fact, how is this black kid playing for Ireland? She can't be Irish. Um, Again, as ma'am said, you caught us and we're green, white and gold. I'm born and bred. Limerick, Clare, Ireland. Um, And I I grew up in a very much Irish family, um, including my dad. I mean, my dad is white and he was a fantastic... And my poor dad never gets a look in, to be honest, because (laughs) of ma'am. I always mention him in my interviews and things like that. And for some reason it gets cut out. Um, Ma'am would have been brawn, whereas I would have been more brain. And sometimes I feel like I used to get my skill from dad with the with the soccer and he used to always be overshadowed but there he goes there's a mention for that well well fair play <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, um, and the fact then that the Republic of Ireland women's team are absolutely going to take centre stage at the World Cup 
this summer. Yes. You know, I think it's already a sellout that first game against Australia. Isn't Jealous. It? And Irish people are going to be attracted to that from all over mm-hmm. Australia because we know what happens whenever an Irish representative team goes abroad. Best fans mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, and you're going to get a focus on it in Ireland yes. that we've never seen before. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 fantastic. It's huge. Um to say I'm jealous is an understatement. I'm wishing that I was 10, 15 years older and I was or younger younger, <laughs> younger and uh, putting on my shin guards and pulling up my socks and putting on my boots and walking out to that. It's fantastic. It's, it's massive for the young girls, this generation growing up. I mean, if anything, it starts with grassroots. We sacrificed everything for the last 10, 15 years with Lady Soccer and now it has, it's started to pay off. It's got us to this point now. Do you know one thing I found very interesting? I was driving around uh, yesterday and I was parked outside Chalks and the team I saw getting off the bus was the Treaty women's team. Yeah. yeah. And then I was out in the woodlands later in the day and um, it was a women's team having won a Camogie Cup that That's I saw, I saw yeah. um, after their match. And, and you, you, know, you see much more of it, oh, thankfully, do. than previously. Yeah, it's coming to the fore now. Like, uh, women have the belief. So, 11 years of age, uh, okay, I can kick a ball, but can I get on a team? Where am I going to go? You know, you only dare to dream of playing for Ireland, maybe Limerick or something. And then you, you achieve and you achieve and you get that goal. But these girls that we see, Vera Powell's team, the belief in them, Joe, is unreal. They're, they're like Vera said, they're standing on the shoulders of giants. But like, as I said in another interview, the giants are beaming. It's like our babies have matured and they're off to Australia. And like, even if we don't manage, we'll be there with them in spirit. It'll be, I think we're going to have an Italian 90 moment again, where the whole country gets behind them we will be watching those matches the pubs will be packed I hope and they deserve that kind of support you know and they're not even just going to be just to be there they're mm. going to compete and to have the belief they can win it Would either of you consider politics by the way since we're talking about the event on Wednesday So I keep getting from my partner please go into politics. I don't think I'd be any good. Ma'am is a much better speaker than I am, but um, I suppose when it comes to current affairs and and the um, the younger generation, I suppose I'd probably have more to offer. No disrespect, ma'am. <laughs> See the competitiveness. <laughs> See, it's still there. It's always there. But it's I evident. would. Maybe, yeah. maybe another five years, maybe when the painting and decorating slows down, I, it, it might be something that I do look at. For you? No, it's 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 not my thing. It's kind of I feel like I've done my dues mm-hmm. in in the sport and whatever. And you know, I will always encourage. I will always be there for anything in Limerick if somebody wants me to promote something or whatever. And I suppose I I will stand up for things in my own way. Equality for women, uh, racism, homophobic, uh, transgender, whatever. In in that way, I suppose I would be a little bit political, but no, I don't want to throw my hat in the arena and and go there. It's time for Jackie now to sit back and enjoy life a little bit, having done my bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's the Women's Caucus event. It's in Limerick City Hall on Wednesday, and uh, Jackie McCarthy, who you've been hearing from, is one of the speakers, and we've been chatting to Sam as well. As I mentioned, Finnegale Councillor Sarah Kiley is on the line, and Sarah, I'd imagine having listened to what we have over the last fifteen or twenty minutes. 
you don't mind the fact that I haven't come to you yet and I may not get that much time to talk to you this morning. We talk often on the show when you hear what the reflections there from Jackie and Sam. Oh, absolutely. Talk about a hard act to follow, Lady Jeannie. You're after really putting it up to me there. Um, Sorry, sir. <laughs> um, look, I remember um, Sam on the pitch. Actually, I had the pleasure of being on her her team as uh, nowhere near as good as Sam, but uh, a very, a very, very capable player and obviously put on the green jersey. Um, Jackie as well. We, we are absolutely privileged that Jackie accepted the invitation to speak, as you can hear, Joe, for her passion for equality and her remarkable story she is a person that we all look up to in Limerick and it would be great to have her in the room so if anyone is thinking of coming obviously you got a flavour this morning of what what kind of thing we're going to and, speak about. And I know there's a lot of leaders in that room, isn't there? You know, you're you're looking at this obviously from the, the politics, but yes. beyond that, it's it's women in leadership positions uh, across various fields. Well, it is, yeah. So there are three panels, um, and there are a number of panelists on each panel, and part of those panels will have industry leaders, female industry leaders, and um, we have one uh, women in health and education. So we've Dr. Beatrice M. Neufield, who is the medical director in a personal medical clinic. Dr. Ashling Levy, who's the head of STEM education in the Department um, of Maths in Mary Macaulay College. We have Jackie, of course, for the Women in Sport and Community and Linda Ledger, who's a very good friend of mine as well. And um, we have the Women in Politics panel, which I will be taking uh, part in myself. So we've Katrina Gleeson, the CEO of Women for Election. We've Louise Purcell, who's the Assistant Principal Department um, of Housing and Local Government and Heritage. Now, they're there to discuss politics because retention is key. At the moment, we have only... 22.5% 22.5% of our elected members in Limerick being female, even though we have 55.4% of the population female. Right. Okay. Well, the Limerick Women's Caucus is celebrating women in leadership with Embrace, Empower, Elect on this Wednesday. And uh, it's happening at Istabrak Hall, in Limerick City Hall in Merchants Quay uh, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And as you can hear, it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating few hours um, and something that we have talked to Sarah and others about on the show. Well, Councillor Sarah Kylie, thank you very much for uh, coming on briefly at the end. A particular thanks to Sam McCarthy and to Jackie McCarthy for joining us in uh, the studio. The first time I've ever had a chance to talk to you, Jackie. Uh, I, I know you well by reputation and your amazing contribution uh, to, to sport. Job. It was all <laughs> tremendous and fantastic to meet both of you. Thanks for everything that you've uh, done for Limerick and for representing the country across two codes in your case in soccer. And we look forward. We might talk to you both during the Women's World Cup as well because there'll be a lot you. of excitement uh, around that. And we do appreciate your time. And we will podcast that really interesting uh, chat as well by the way uh, you'll catch it at live95.ie and on our socials thanks guys your views your news your limerick today with joe Nash on live 95